Hello, everyone. Welcome back <laughs> to the Low Podcast. We're doing episode six today. The time is 14.07 hours on the 1st of March, and it's a Wednesday, and we're cracking open our first seller of the day. We don't actually have any sellers. Oh, oh, shit, I got some froth we in my face. went to some sort of like Oxide Radio kind of low podcast party last night. Yeah, yeah. And you know we had some stellas at four a.m. So we're gonna let that we're gonna let that sink in and keep us going for the rest of the podcast. Because if I have another one, I will throw up all over. Yeah. The how, how did we find the night boys though? It was huge. We, it was huge, but we didn't really make any connections to be honest. I didn't know really who was at Oxide and who was just there. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't want to just go up to people like, hey, loaf, loaf. <laughs> and, no, I mean, like, and also or, people at Oxide don't necessarily go loaf, even though yeah. we're the big fish. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We are we are officially the biggest podcast on Oxide Radio. Yeah, we are. How do you know? Just through statistics, the vibe. statistics, bro. yeah. Yes, you guys so. find it weird that we don't know the big boss of Oxide. Yeah, like, it's I feel like we should go over us, like God. <laughs> yeah. But we just don't um, know who they are. Well, the master. We DM him, right? Well, is that is that the owner? Yeah, like, bro. Right, okay. It's probably just the social media manager. Oxide is probably some huge multinational corporation. No, it's ooh. not. <laughs> but he has a Wikipedia. He has a. Oh, he has Wikipedia. Oh my God! Wait, we can write our own Wikipedia. Love needs Wikipedia. Love Wiki. Sorry guys, the whole it. start of this podcast has just been us sucking each other off. But today we're going to be talking about everything sports. We're going to be talking oh. about our history in it. We're going to talk about some contentious issues, racism in sports, <clears throat> toxic culture, and so on. So we're going to begin. Can we insert, Faris. Can we insert yeah. the match of the day for you, Bichu? Yeah, sure. Well, in post-production. Probably copyrighted. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, no, but you'll do. that. Like, what you just did was completely fine. Sweet. That'll work. Sweet. Okay, Faris, um, you begin, the most avid sportsman of the group. <laughs> tell us tell us about your history in sport. I, uh, I've got an anecdote if he doesn't bring it up. But what, What's your anecdote? Um, about me? You know how... So, obviously, like we've said, we go to Christchurch, Oxford. We all played a rugby game for the first time, me, Adam, and Faris. As in, I'd played before. So had Adam and so had Faris. Um, and Faris got taken off in the first two minutes for being an injury risk. Yeah, that's, really? what, that's what the captain said. I was an injury risk. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, yourself, got taken to be people. fair, it was a physical to, team. To we myself. were playing against Worcester. Because I fell down in the rock. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I mean, bless the captain. Like, yeah. He was God. being nice, bro. He was Shout being out nice. Jack Cobb and Josh McConnell, man. That's what they were the captains. They took us off. It's chill. Oh, right, this is fine. <laughs> I heard he listens as well. Oh wait, what? The yeah, yeah. avid. He does avid, avid listeners. listener. Avid we'll find listeners. out if he. So yeah, but actually, tell us about your history in sport. Uh, not much to be honest. Just uh, like my, E my, team hockey and shit. Yeah, like quite mediocre. Like D team rugby. Like football, just man. bare football. Like after like after lunch or whatever during yeah, lunch yeah, times. Yeah. yeah. You watch Rowing. sports though? Yeah, sometimes I'm just not really in the mood right now. I don't really fair, watch fair. too much football. What's your like favorite sport to watch? Uh, what is my favorite esports? Hentai. Oh, hentai sports. <laughs> what? What hentai sports? What? What does that even mean? I don't like, know, bro. It's cardio, right? Esports. So like, it is cardio. Yeah. So like every morning. Legends. Eagle Legends. Uh, I used to watch a little bit of. What about you, Ollie? Um, do you play any sports? Yeah. So, um, as we've heard in previous podcasts, I'm actually a ski and blue. I started skiing half when blue. I was about half oh, blue. Yeah, half bro, blue. fuck you. Well, you need to clarify it. Like, yeah. yeah. I um. Yeah, I started skiing when I was about two years old. I um, trained with like my school ski team in primary school up until the age of 13. Wait, you had a school... T- 
Skeety. Wow. <laughs> sorry. It was the most sorry, the most sorry thing ever. ever. Yeah, and I always wanted to join a club, but my mum didn't want me to because you start getting super committed and then you start spending months out of school. Maybe I wouldn't have come to Oxford. But then I had another race about 15 and then I properly reconnected it with it when I got back to Oxford. Apart from that, I was just pretty average, like B-team shit, like rugby, bit of football when I was younger. My dad was our coach. Really? Yeah. Did you get preference or was he <laughs> extra hard? <laughs> nah, I didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't get... Yeah, he was a coach what? for a year. Oh, that's that was, oh, Yeah, there was, um, such there was a guy who... Mate, those those kids at Sunday League who turned up with their dad as their coach. Nah, 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 but fucking nah, but he wasn't he wasn't like preferential to me. In fact, he was like more hard on like me because yeah, he knew I that he knew that. that he could be like hard with me and not as much hard with the others. So if everyone was misbehaving, he'd like get me to sort the others out. Otherwise, like really, I wouldn't. Yeah, not like, properly. Me, oh. like Ollie, like sort the boys out. Otherwise, like. I wouldn't be eating dinner for like the next three days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, but well, my uh, my grandpa used to coach my dad in football as well, like oh, really? yeah. back in Gablesburg. What in, at where? school? Back in where? <laughs> or like in uh, Gablesburg? Gablesburg. Yeah, Gablesburg. <laughs> <laughs> Can you not make? Fun? I ain't why I die. I know, Marco. Marco, now that we've met you, we're just joking. We all love you. But I, um, you and Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> my dad played football for like fifteen years. Um, oh really? And uh, I don't. I never really got into football, to be honest. Really? Um, nah, but I did karate with my dad. I started when I was about 10. And um, he's actually, he's a higher belt than me now. Uh, he's going to do his black belt soon. And I'm a... Oh, you started at the same time? Uh, he started a couple of months before me. But mm-hmm. then I was like, that looks sick. And I joined, it was his JK, Japanese Karate Association. But he was told me it stood for Jedi Knight Association. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Just to clarify, I also did swimming for a bit until I was like 14 um, for my school. And really? then I just stopped doing it because uh, basically my old school, a lot of the swimming associations were water polo and I just could not hack water polo. Can you yeah, it's a violent sport. It's right? a violent And it's, no, it's, it's so stressful. It is, so, it is. I used so to play intensive. with my cousins at our grandparents' house and like my fucking, I was like 10, my 18-year-old cousins would just grab my head and like dunk me under the water for five yeah, when seconds. I, when I was playing at City, someone grabbed my balls under the water. And <laughs> honestly, like, that was the first time and the only time I ever played. Like, it was really? evil, yeah. It's no, huge. Can in I tell you an embarrassing story? So the first time in the, uh, I played squash, I was like, uh, what? I was 10. Basically, I was playing against my friend. And it was my first time. And I was wearing my goggles, everything. We were playing for like two rounds or whatever, right? And then he smacked me in the eyebrow with his squash racket and was just bleeding all over. Like, he nearly hit my eye. So I had to be a school. Oh, it, was a, it was at a sports camp. <laughs> we, keep, we keep adding anecdotes. So my first one was judo, but I, I just did that when I was younger. My second one was I have four fake teeth because um, I, well, I was playing tennis and somebody did a super high shot and I was running backwards. And I sort of was like holding my racket up sprinting back without looking backwards and there was like a tiny little brick wall like as high as the middle of my calves and I fell backwards over it oh. and my tennis racket swung around and knocked me in the teeth oh, and knocked so me off no, no, that's so grim really? so I haven't got oh. fully four fake teeth like it knocked it up to the nerves so I was like a tiny bit left and then they like added most of my tooth back with like they bonded some like fake teeth to it so are those your fake teeth? yeah the front Th- yeah. those are fake I didn't These know that four, could they not have done a better job? <laughs> <laughs> classic um, if we're talking about injuries, oh. I've got quite a funny story. So then we'll G- move it on. But yeah, G- yeah, yeah, yeah. GCSEPE, right? We were playing football, and we had to do it with. It was like an assessment, right? So we did it with another school, and for some reason they paired us with a girls' school. So we were playing mixed Ooh. sports with like, mixed. Adam and Adam was gassed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sixteen-year-old Adam was very gassed, right? So they paired us with girls to play football, right? Which 
in hindsight wasn't a very good idea right mm. so this like very tiny like must be like five foot girl tries to tackle me and i turn and in turning like i just breathe past her classic she, she right, left in the dust mate i turn over she's on the floor and she's i've broken her leg <laughs> i've broken her leg, <laughs> broke her leg. <laughs> yeah not, not even sprained it, you broke it. Yeah, you no, literally and, ruined a girl's life for bro, like three bro, months. Bro, bro, you do that all the time. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of irony in Huge. this situation. Bro, it, just, it didn't feel like anything though. Like It just felt like a little like pat in the back of the yeah, spot. Right, how did you make it up to her? Yeah. Uh, Sexy. Mate, I, no, next, <laughs> next thing I knew she was in an ambulance. Really? Bro, did you like, apologise? Yeah. Mm, so, so That's but, what you could do. You couldn't really do much off of the egg. Yeah, so before we move on to the next section... Adam, give us a very, very quick summary of your history in sports. We know you're an academy footballer. No, nah, mate, I would have gone pro if it wasn't for my knee injury. Okay, same. Yeah, that's what, that's I ended my knee brawling um, <laughs> that's literally fixed the uncultured yesterday. <laughs> Every single failed footballer <laughs> says yeah. they would have made it pro if it wasn't for an injury. No, they I even have a cameo to that in Skyrim. They're like, I would have been a warrior if I didn't get an arrow in the knee. <laughs> 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 no, there was no injury. I, was, I yeah. just wasn't good enough. Um, but yeah, I did, I did play for I played for Fulham for a bit and Wimbledon. Did a bit of counter football. Yeah, all boring And FA stuff. Cup. And the FA Cup yeah, you played I in. Yeah, I made one FA the Cup big appearance. English football cup. So yeah. that's Adam's history in sport. Apart that's from sick that, that you played in the FA Cup, though. It is crazy. That Apart is from crazy. that, he was uh, he's an avid Christchurch rugby player. Uh, has actually scored the most tries out of any of us here for the team. Wait, have you? Well, you're winger. So yeah, he easy. scored like three. Well, anyway, so <laughs> let's talk. Game, How many have I scored? Um, <laughs> I don't think you even touched the ball, actually. Uh, no, I did. Oh, yeah, and then you handed it to the other team and they scored a try. That is not true. Okay. That is just not yeah, true. Yeah, but it but would have been more funny that way, so you should have just let it slide. Fair. <laughs> okay. But we've got a lot to talk about today in terms of sports culture and um, the way that sports has changed over the years. Yeah, so um, we're going to be talking about uh, money and <coughs> commerce in football. Everything always comes back to economics, obviously. It's what yeah. allows uh, institutions to function, etc., but there's been a huge, huge uptake. We're going to be talking about, in football specifically, in the amount of money that footballers earn compared to the past. I remember seeing a video on Instagram as an introduction of um, uh, a guy who played in the 1980 Merseyside derby. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's Liverpool playing Everton. We do know what it is. Yeah, a guy interviewed him asking if he'd seen it, and he said, yeah, I played. I play, I've seen that. And oh, he was just yeah, a random yeah. pensioner, and he was, he was a just a, yeah. probably a baker or some shit. Like, I've he just had it. some random job, and he was playing in, like, basically as what keeper. would now be the Prem, as, as, as keeper. Yeah. And it was huge. Um, and now, if he was in that role, he would be earning, like, 100k a week or some shit. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like it's actually pretty obscene. The, same, the same money that semi-pro players are earning now was sort of the professional standard back in the day which i find like i mean look at transfer fees like huge players back in the day were being sold and bought for like 500k nowadays it's a million a hundred million plus when you say back in the day for 500k i'm not that knowledgeable about football how far back did that stretch like even the 90s i'd say that's crazy man yeah obviously inflation but Inflation hasn't well, gone. A lot of football became commercialized. Like it's in also the, 90s, the internet, in the, the globalization. Yeah, and that's so true. But eat, like being able to watch it more. But it's particularly the, the been an uptake in football. But rugby, even though it's quite big, has been quite well managed money wise. I think there's actually <laughs> earning caps in the top um, league in rugby. If I'm, really? If I, yeah. If I'm, if I'm correct about that. Though. It's also it's that's football is huge. Like the World Cup is <laughs> easily the most watched competition. Like. Oh, 100%. But do you think that the, I, I guess the important question is: Do you think they're disproportionately paid? I, mm. me personally well this is just like an economic position I have but I don't think their welfare increases anymore 
than if they were earning 50k a week and so on and so forth yeah so. so i was just looking this up so the latest tv deal for the premier league international rights have hit 5.5 billion pounds oh my god 5.5 billion pounds that's the broadcast rights that is a lot of meal and deals that is the re- yeah that's a lot of meal deals and that's the reason why these footballers are getting paid so much it's pretty crazy what i find insane is that you have you can label a human being worth 200 million pounds as an asset you're literally putting that is isn't, like, isn't messi's left foot worth like 50 million or some shit in insurance insure yeah but i think yeah i think one of the reasons why it's like gone up so much is also like the player power so footballers are more powerful in negotiations now because of agents and the influence of social media so well, you people have, can you influence have super that agents now so like um i think it's cristiano ronaldo's one i think he's called like jorge mendez and he's the same one for i think pogba and Mourinho. i could be wrong here but like i know Mourinho and pogba for sure have the same agent and they like they have all these big stars and they all operate under one agent so he has like loads of connections and like i think he's sort of i think he's assigned to adidas as well so like Mourinho and pogba both have adidas like sort of deals remember when uh, like pogba got like adidas sponsorships and yeah, yeah, yeah. So and many, that, like... that was all his agent mate like these these super agents are making so much money as well like yeah. they get a cut out of every transfer fee so if the transfer fee is like 200 mil the agent might be owed like 20 mil from that like yeah, that's crazy yeah. cut. that's crazy that's what i wanted to do i i studied mandarin actually when i was in year nine really i wanted to be like uh i was like oh if football doesn't work out then i want to be a football agent in the chinese super league and that really? was taking Wait, off, when like, did uh when did oscar move to the chinese it was league? around that time yeah. so like it was like 2014 oh yeah it was, that was huge yeah. i remember that happened when um like Drogba did that as well, no? Drogba went off to China. Yeah, yeah and then he went wrong. back to Chelsea. But the, the money wasn't as insane, I think, when he went there. Like, Oscar was, like, the first real, like... I mean, Drogba one. was reaching the end of his career anyway. Yeah, he had yeah, Marseille, was, then Chelsea. Yeah. That, that was the thing that, like, with Oscar, really... Actually, like, one of my friends is, like, good family friends with Oscar. Like, wow. That's a weird side note. Um, she's Brazilian. Um, but, yeah, it was... What was weird with him was that he was in his prime when he went to China right and you get this a lot with there's loads of brazilians well not anymore because the chinese super league has sort of just like yeah it's just gone down the gutter but like yeah a load of brazilians went and they all said like oh yeah well when i was in the favelas or like my family weren't rich at all so like the mm-hmm. only reason i'm sort of selling my soul to go to china is just to ensure financial security for all of my family back home and he's still going to enjoy playing in china bro he'll be one of the best players like I mean, that's like the thing yeah, about Ronaldo. Ronaldo like has achieved everything country. you have to achieve in football, apart from the World Cup. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> quite a crucial. Ronaldo's done it all, right? Uh-huh. And he's getting so criticised for moving to Saudi Arabia. And I think when you're there at the end of your career to go for a couple of years... I think it's fine. It's just the way it money happened. Like that. It's the way it happened, how like it's very shortly before he's like, I'd never do that. And how he tried to come back to Man United, it didn't really work, and so on and so forth. If he just went straight from... You know, if he just went straight, he didn't do Man U. What do you think from Juventus? Yeah, I think that was. I think it tainted his legacy. Mm, Yeah, a little bit. I also think. Well, remember his interview with Piers Morgan, where he said that I'll never sell my soul to either like Qatar, was it, or like uh, the UAE. Yeah, uh, going to like one of those clubs. What really annoyed me about that interview was like, it was like a baby throwing his toys out the pram. Like he was under. I didn't watch it. I'm gonna be honest. He was under a bit of scrutiny. Like he was, he wasn't playing too well for Man United. He wasn't getting selected. And he literally went 
fuck it, I'm going to do this big interview and just chat shit about the manager. He did chat shit about the entire team. Like, Ten Hag, it was so, like... Yeah, and Ten Hag's doing an amazing job. Bro, this season, yeah. My respect for Ronaldo dropped massively after that interview because you've always got to be a team player. Yeah, you're never bigger than the club, to be honest. No player's bigger than the club. That's just how it is. At the same time, I do see it, mate. I don't know, bro. Think about about, Messi and Argentina. It's not a club, right? It's a national team, but... He's not bigger than Argentina, bro. He's not bigger than it, but only because he makes up part of it. Like, in terms of... From international football, briefly in like 2015. Yeah, I remember. Because he, he threw his toys out the pram a bit. Like, he didn't throw oh, the toys bro, out. The he pram, he bro, missed like, a penalty in the Copa America final, and they lost it for like the second time in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they won again in what? 2021. 2021, they finally won it. Yeah. Yes. And then they won like three trophies in a row, including the World Cup. But do you think? I mean, talking about past footballers as well. Do you think clubs now being bought by rich owners does it remove from this kind of? The magic of football, where it was all back in the day. Um, I just it think, was, yeah. No, go ahead. I think it just sort of affects, like, for example, Roman Abramovich uh, mm-hmm. owning Chelsea. Yeah. He's like a huge oligarch. If we're being honest, with the destruction of the Soviet Union in 1990, and you know, um, sort of all the big industries being sold to these oligarchs and then becoming huge, huge people from being sort of like, Faris, you, you correct me if I'm wrong. You're the historian. From sort of being like civil servants, etc., they ended up like owning most of Russia, yeah. and a lot of that was unethical and exploitation of Russia. He owns gas, like a lot mm. of it's unethical, and I think you see the same principles um, in the owning of Chelsea, and I think that's a way it can remove from the magic. And there's a lot of unethicality. So, who was who was the person who played for Argentina, and then um, was going to go to Chelsea, and there was like an agreed fee? Chelsea sort of like tried to bring him in take him to all their matches and stuff before the deal was closed and then, then they brought the bargain down. Do you know what I'm talking about or no? Are you, what, is this recent? Or Very recent, yeah. Oh, do you mean Modric? Or Probably, bro. Okay. He's Ukrainian, though. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Or Enzo Fernandez. Enzo, yeah. Fernandez. Enzo Fernandez. Enzo Fernandez. I think that was a bad move from Chelsea and I think that is... That definitely removes from the magic that it's so cutthroat. It should I be think- like a fair, like... You if know? you want if you want an alternative view on this, like Newcastle just made the Carabao Cup final. And that was insane. Did you see like That's how many cool. Geordies like hit the town? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like so sort of Saudi investment has brought like happiness to Newcastle and the people in Newcastle, like their like a lot of their happiness like depends on football. Right? Yeah. Like I've I've seen a couple of documentaries like Sunderland till till I die. And like how the team is doing is intrinsic to how the city feels as mm-hmm. as a whole, right? So this Saudi investment in Newcastle, where everyone feels like they're on an up, like they're you know they're gonna they're gonna spend big in the summer probably. They've already made the Carabao Cup, like they've got a lot of money to spend. So I don't know. I think it, I think it's nice for the Geordies to have this. Like, bro, shout out JL, our Geordie friend. He yeah. was unbelievably excited, bro. They didn't yeah. win the final, obviously, but yeah. I mean, and it's also we can't be too too much of a nostalgia merchants to say. Oh yeah, it was so much be- better back in the day. For example, I think football now is is huge, probably bigger than it ever was before. Um, and I think people are loving it. Um, obviously, there's there's downsides, and sometimes with the huge fees that are going in, it feels a little bit unfair to the clubs that aren't receiving that amount of money pump. I don't know, like in Germany, for example, the amount of money that goes into the league is a lot less than in the Prem. And obviously, it's because the Prem is more popular, but it always feels like the Prem is just always getting so much money pumped into it. Yeah, there's also, like, there's a huge differential between, let's say, the Prem or other big European leagues, right? And, like, 
smaller leagues, farmers, farmers leagues, right? <laughs> <laughs> One may say like the Bundesliga. It's not a farmers <coughs> league. It's a farmers it league. is a farmers league. Well, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but what, like, how, how did, there's, a, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a large flow of like capital, disproportionate flow of capital to these larger leagues, right? Um, which is quite stints the I guess the perception of football. Like as you were saying with um, Roman Abramovich, you know, going to che- like um, like making you know buying Chelsea, right? Um, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a challenge in that these uh, these teams, which are run by communities originally, kind of have lost their soul. The the problem is because uh, so I played semi pro, right? Um, and no way, man, that's sick. No, <laughs> hey, relax. Um, the the problem is the trickle down in finances from. Yeah. From the Premier League to your like eighth tier, like, I was in, I was like fucking in the eighth tier of English football for a little bit, and like it just it doesn't it's very disproportionate. Like it doesn't trickle down properly, right? So it gets caught up. Like it should. I don't know. I think this might be a problem with the FA, but all of the money. So you know, two hundred million goes to I don't know. Like okay, let's look at Ben White going to Arsenal, mm-hmm. sixty million, mm-hmm. right? So Brighton, a smaller club, receiving sixty million pounds. Right, that should then they should then spend that on a championship player and spend like twenty mil on the championship them and a championship club then looks at a League One player spends like five mil and it ju- it just goes down like that because yeah, yeah. teams are always looking below them. But that doesn't really tend to happen. How many you know like when teams are relegated from the Prem, right? Does it like I guess teams will like lose a lot of money because they're not they don't get the roll cross yeah, massively rights from you know. Yeah, then you have like a season or two to bounce back before you get kind of stuck. Yeah, QPR got fucked with that. Like, yeah. the team I support got fucked. Yeah, no. That's <laughs> it's so I mean, funny you have to... And it, and it goes down. It's, it's so funny you have to down. clarify the team I support, just in case people haven't heard of QPR. <laughs> no, but just to um, to say, we've, we've spoken a lot about football now, and I think this this episode's about sports in general, mm. and we shouldn't neglect other sports. <laughs> um, what do you guys... How do you guys feel about other sports? Are you avid watchers of sports apart from football? The Olympics is so fun. Isn't oh, the Olympics, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah the Olympics it's, it's crazy. It's, it's always good vibes. Like London 2012. I went, man, that's bro. I was so, <laughs> you know, you know we won like a <laughs> raffle for the London 2012 tickets. Really, like, the luckiest thing ever, bro. Yeah, I went to go. I, I went to go watch Usain Bolt win. Really, hundred meters in the stadium. Really, in 2012. When he yeah. broke the record. Sorry. When he broke the record. No, no, no. That was like uh, I don't know. This is in 2012. I think he broke the record in like. Some sometime in the two thousands, but it, it, he had already done it, and it was like a slower time. It was like nine point six five. He got that time. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he broke the record in, in yeah. twenty twelve. Bro, I, I wasn't so there too. when he broke the record. I know, Fair. I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. What what sports did you guys it, when when you guys were in um, when it was twenty twelve? Did you guys watch any? Um, I was young as hell. Too, sadly, no. But um, I think I watched volleyball and hockey. My parents were really insistent on getting tickets because. They knew the Olympics won't come to London in our lifetimes yeah, again, yeah, yeah. so we, we watched volleyball and hockey, and I think we watched um, like triathlon or something. Like that. I forgot. Yeah, sick. At um, High Park. Yeah. yeah. I'm so jealous of like all the people who managed to. I think my school got given a few tickets, and we had like some sort of like raffle for it, but I didn't win. Um, but yeah, that was insane. The Paralympics were also really cool. Yeah. I love the Paralympics so much. I think it's super inspiring. Like the some of the stories that come out of it. Are of course. Yeah, it is really inspirational. It's it's quite touching as well. But just to, just to say, uh, Ollie, you were right. It's two thousand and nine that Bolt yeah. broke the record. Yeah. Um, but we did all go to watch uh, boxing together recently. Tommy Fury, Jake Paul. Oh, that what was an fun. insane that was fun. match, bro. 
That was just fun. Boxing is yeah. so fun. It I is fun. Yeah, I know you weren't there. I was I just in London. Realized, as I uh, said that, but the, the, the culture, London, the culture just... was just hilarious there. Um, like at the pub, we we just had people screaming around us. Was... Come on, Tommy! <laughs> Kill him, Tommy! No, it was yeah. literally some of the most rowdy thing I've ever seen. There was like a fifty-year-old Sharon Osbourne-looking woman <laughs> chatting screaming. to this guy in a full grey Nike tracksuit. She was literally twerking on him. It was the weirdest shit. It was so weird. Was like, she was twerking on him like Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Like kill him, Tommy. <laughs> and the fucking, it's crazy how the bouncer, the security guard of the bar, was just screaming, "Come on, Jake!" Like, and then and then whenever he shouted, "Come on, Jake!" the woman would shout back, "Come, Come on, Tommy!" Tommy. <laughs> it was just back and forth. And there was people like that. Do you remember that guy in the man U top who just ripped his shirt? Off? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. It was good, but um, I'm really, really glad Tommy Fury beat Jake Paul. There's a huge perception that Jake Paul's a good fighter because well, he is. What, he is a he is a good fighter, right? But what these boxers often do is they'll fight someone from MMA reaching the end of their career who's nonetheless a reputable fighter because of the prestige they've had in the Anderson UFC. Silver. But they're just yeah, but they're just not adapted to boxing and they're reaching the end of their career. Didn't Paul knock down uh, Tommy Fury? He did, but uh, he like no no. Tommy Fury fell on his knees and got back up. Like it it was, he just he just caught him off balance. It did hit him, but still, I think that's cool. Tommy Fury dominated him. But the guys come from YouTube. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's come from YouTube, and this is how social media is influencing the sports space, and how the sports space is influencing social media. I think it's really interesting to see people like Jake Paul. We've seen it with KSI, Logan Paul, yeah. and it all goes back to Joe Weller. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Joe Weller, man, because he has gained absolutely nothing. Wait, 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 you know Malfoy as well. You know, Malfoy, yeah. like the blonde he guy. He started it. He started it. He started it all. Didn't he fight um, Joe Weller's other friend? What's his name? No, I think, oh, I can't remember. They did a video where they were like, no, they were boxing on a beach. That's really? what, that was the first video to start it, yeah. And then That's just like blew a up. joke, and Malfoy was wearing his like Harry Potter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that. And then, but the thing is, though, as well, it's really messed with people's perception of um, like how good boxers are and how like strong people are. I don't think people like realize because like Logan Paul fought Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, for example, one of the that biggest legends in boxing ever, who was fifty at the time of fighting. Sure, but people, I think. It's sort of like really messed with people's perception of like talent in boxing and stuff. What do you mean, no. Ollie? It was an exhibit. It was an exhibition fight, so there wasn't a win or a loss. Well, what do you mean it's messed with people's um, perception? So, like for example, Logan Paul took Floyd Mayweather right at the end of his boxing career. Yeah. Right when he was fifty, and Logan Paul was in his prime and been training super hard. Floyd probably primarily did it for the money. For sure. And mm. and and people think, okay, this legendary One box, of best boxers of all time, up there with Tyson Fury, Muhammad Ali, etc. I wouldn't put Tyson Fury up there yet, to be honest. With Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. Well, I said I'm, I said one of the best of all time. No, he yeah. is an insane heavy. But Muhammad Ali just is would the king. Put, like, but, 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 regardless, regardless. Has Tyson Fury lost yet? Yeah, I think so. Ali? Yeah, but he was he he is also like a coke addicted like drinking like. Bro, I, his body baffles me. Like, how are you that good at boxing and that? He like, does get fit in those camps though, but. Yeah, but he he's not like round. He's not round though. He, he just looks has like, like a, a telly tubby. Bro. No, the reason is the reason is the reason is as a heavyweight, since there's like no, since he's so far above, heavyweight just goes uh, like upwards. You can be as heavy as you want. So yeah. there's like there's no um, 
like restriction on where your body weight is supposed to be. No, I know it just baffles me though because like you have AJ and you look at him and you're like, right, that's. But he's got as much muscle and cardio. It's just he doesn't bother. He doesn't bother about getting rid of the fat. Tyson looks like a sumo wrestler. His um, nah, his record's thirty-three and one loss. Thirty-three wins, one loss, which is actually quite impressive. It is super impressive, but the point is now people think Logan Paul, who had been training for like two years. Seems like he could deal with Floyd Mayweather. No, I don't think people really think that. People who know boxing, or just in general, people don't really think that because, look, A, Mayweather was super old, and B, look at the weight difference and the height difference. That's huge. That plays such a huge factor. The fact that Mayweather actually took him to the end, like, it just shows how much technique is involved in boxing. Mm. Right? It's not just brawling where two guys just brawl. Right? There's so much technique. That's why I mean, like... Because you look at Tyson Fury and he says himself that he's a fat shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> he says that himself, but his technique is just insane. He's been boxing since he was like literally. He does like, get fit though, man. Let's not discount that. Yeah, no, he, does, he does get fit. fit the cardio like, is insane. He's, he's been like so, like he calls himself a Jiu-Jitsu king. Like his family is a full, like are from like their travelers and like oh. they've always been fighting like their whole family like since he was since he was like two years old, right? Like. I could actually walk like they've got him like fighting yeah. each other which i think is so instrumental to his technique and his success it's like khabib fighting bears. i think yeah. i think a lot of these stories a lot of these narratives and biographies about these these people about these sportsmen and sportswomen they really create the sport they really create what I agree the magic that. so highly, of, man. That's a good of point. boxing that or a good point. Football, about like ronaldo or, messi in football yeah, exactly. They, they both their both their individual stories, like the little what what's the one for like the, the little boy from Rosario. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the man from Riz- Rosario. Rosario. Yeah. No, 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 because people get attached to to individuals, to people if they can find something that they relate to, if they're like supporting a person's journey, and they find vicarious pleasure in the other person's success. Exactly. Take um Paddy the Baddy in UFC as one example. Yeah. Oh, Just sort of yeah. experts on UFC, and of like for example, Joe Rogan comments on UFC. And he says, Paddy the Baddy, really, he hasn't fought anyone serious and he's probably not going to be able to get up to that top standard of UFC where he's fighting for belts and stuff. But he's such a cash cow for the UFC just because of this personality that he creates that he's some insane fighter, etc. The sort of like whole aesthetic that he brings, it's bringing people into UFC. And I think that's one of the like coolest parts of sports. Is that's, what that I'm scared. that's what I'm scared with football. I don't want to lose the whole personality side of things. I don't want them to become robots like as we but as we get more and more into like you know that they're, they're they're really media trained so like from my like like small time at an academy like you do see like players are taught and they're developed from young they're media trained right so they're given certain answers mm. to give certain like questions in press conferences right and then you just start to hear these cliches over and over again Whereas back in the day, you'd have Tony Adams just be like, can't wait to get home and have a Stella, mate. <laughs> and just like, honest as fuck. Like. Yeah, it's cooler. I mean, they don't drink Stellas now anyway. Yeah, but, obviously. But um, I wanted to make a shout out as well to our friend George, who's going to be fighting for varsity, um, for Oxford. boxing for Oxford in a varsity match against Cambridge next Wednesday. So if you're listening Huge. to this podcast, buy a ticket and go along. We're all going to be there. We're going to be in black tie. We're gonna be on the Stellas. Yeah. Like the caps yeah, on. Georgie yeah. boy is gonna smack him in. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a little bit of experience with fighting. I did, I did karate for a while, but I think um, did you do, I, I, I did, did some, com- I did some competitions as well in the UK. Oh um, really? Yeah. I, at one point, I got, I, I lost the fight in seventeen seconds because there was this guy from like 
Russia and he did like a spinning back kick and he shot me like on, on the other side of the room now my stomach but I was just like Ooh, and I just flew <laughs> oh I just God. flew across the room and I like had traveled all the way to England not to Czech Republic that time and my grandpa had come to see Wait, you took I didn't know you took karate like that seriously yeah I trained for it for a long time like four times a week training which is oh, wow. to be fair like it was quite a lot for me back then um, I'm, I'm hoping to start doing that with boxing in Trinity. You it, have to get medical fun. for boxing to spar. So, well, you you want to do like professional, like not professional, bro. No, well, thing no, is, I'm, I'm, go, I'm going to France lose. next yeah. year on my year abroad, so it's complicated. But yeah, I want to I want to start sparring and stuff. Yeah, it's more good for like the journey. I, I think like boxing is one of those where like you watch Creed, you just get, get super inspired. Fuck, you're skipping, you get, like, yeah. yeah you well, really I've, I've ruined my knee brawling against fixed the uncultured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least you can hardly move it. He just came up to me when I was working on my monitor, taps me on the back, and suddenly we're on the floor, like, trying to choke each other out. Oh, it was nowhere. so primal. It's like, it's like fighting in general. Sometimes it's so primal, and then at other times it's like a dance. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> there's, so, there's so many nuances to it. It's a beautiful. dance like chess. Any of you play chess? Yeah. I, I played chess. COVID for a bit. I played yeah. chess awfully, but it was a huge Same. culture at my school for like six months. Is that after the Queen's Gambit by any Yeah, chance? bro. <laughs> that really there, was, there was one guy who played for England and one guy who played for Surrey. Shout out Amit and Adit. Um, and they sort of had a huge rivalry. And this guy Amit, who was like the UK player, um, everybody would come up against him and play a bullet game. So it was just like one minute, either, one minute time at either side. And he would just have like people lining up to beat him. <laughs> really? Beat every- yeah, it was so funny. That's, That's so. Sick. It was like the first time he got social credit at school, man. It was super cute. But yeah, from chess. I remember <laughs> that after the Queen's Gambit came out. Um, I used to watch a lot of Twitch. Um, it's just if you don't know, it's a you know video game streaming website. Mm. But a lot of the a lot of uh, grandmasters, so Grandmaster Hikaru, yeah. Magnus Carlsen, uh, the Botus, yeah. the Botus twins, they went on Twitch and like they played they played chess online. You know, of course, and then they got a huge audience boost and a lot of people were attracted to chess because of these Which streamers so online. cool man and i absolutely love that show i think it was so well done the way it, i can't remember it that like that well but the way the main character the girl like her mental torment through the whole thing is played so and her problems with alcoholism and how she overcomes it is very much like a george best kind of story i mean the, yeah. because <laughs> the thing is like you have chess players for example bobby fisher really oh, yeah. struggled with mental health mm-hmm. and there's this great movie bobby fisher against the world i believe um, I'm gonna watch that because when I was when I was um, when I was younger, just to say, I did like a month of chess lessons. <laughs> like my mom actually got a teacher for me to, to really? teach me chess openings and shit, and that I was really so bad, then, I was right? really into into it. Like I had yeah, I had, so I, had a, I had a theory, I had a theory book, and I'd like fill well, in. Well, we the should puzzles. play. We should play. Some no, so um, you guys will know. Adam. He he was when he was like eleven. He was county standard. He was playing chess for Surrey. Yeah. And then it got to the point where they started, he had to basically learn these huge trees of probabilities from sets. I'm like, yeah. if they do this, then do that. If they, Otherwise, if they do that, then do that yeah. at every stage. And it turned it, and he just started getting like, I just do not want to memorize all this. He gets lot. to a point in chess where the learning curve just becomes so strong because of all the memorization and stuff needed. Like That's why people like Magnus Carlsen are just amazing. They do blindfolded games yeah. against 10 people. So 10 pe- people at the same time and he beats each one of them, but he's blinded the whole time. So he remembers each board and each position on each yeah, board and he that, makes yeah. the plays against each person. It's so all blindfolded. insane. It's the brain crazy. capacity, bro. I reckon if you did a brain scan of him, like, you know, taxi drivers in the UK, they're hippocampuses because um, I don't know if they still do it, but you basically, do, if you're a taxi driver cab. in London, black cab taxi yeah. drivers, you have to learn every single street in mm-hmm. London 
and know exactly the fastest way to get around at every single really? moment. And yeah. so they have like three years of training for that. And their hippocampuses, they did a study, can grow up to like 50%. I didn't know that. That's, That's insane. insane. It's crazy. And they have these abnormally big like parts of their brain. At the no, I, rem- I remember like always, um, I still see like what, the uh, cab drivers on their learner bikes, on their on their yeah. mopeds, like going around with a map, with yeah, a yeah, yeah. like a That's physical map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they they're making yeah. speed around the city on mopeds. Yeah, this, mopeds. this is a qualm I have with phones, right? Like Google Maps, right? Because my my geography is terrible. My navigation is yeah. terrible, and I feel like if I actually had a physical map, like they did in the old days, and you have to yeah. actually trace it, I would. I'm, I'm, I'd pay more attention to my surroundings than just looking at my phone then maybe I'd actually remember how to get home from Attic. <laughs> I, I literally, when I was younger, I had a friend who was a five-minute cycle ride away until until about 15, I did not know how to get there without using my phone. That's mad. I mean, and when I first started driving, I would put on Waze, the navigation app, and then I'd put it away and try and memorise because I just needed to learn, man. Let's not um, stray too much, though. We're discussing chess, and do you think chess counts as sports, actually? Of course. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Do you think so? I don't. I wouldn't go to... I mean... Define sport, because I have a point here. Uh, I think, basically, sports is is a number of things. You need a a certain amount of competition. You need some kind of organization around it. Um, There should, to a certain extent, be an entertainment aspect. But I think, for me, the most crucial part is the physical activity, physical exertion. I think that's huge. People actually burn burn a huge amount of calories playing chess. (laughs) That's true. That's and, a good point. And uh, also, I think, I think, bro, sport is too loosely defined of a concept. If you actually tried to pin it down with necessary and sufficient conditions, you wouldn't manage. You would okay, always but we're be just, missing something. We're just saying a meaning and use, to be honest. Like. Yeah, but point. that's my point. It's included. I th- I'd say it's sufficiently close to be included. In, in certain use. circles. But I, in the, obviously, in the general sense, if you mention sports to people, and that ties into sports culture, right? That ties into sports culture. But I think chess normally doesn't fit into that. Although, I see your point. Yeah, I mean, so do you think esports is a sport? Like, I don't know, but like, mm. like what about archery? You don't move. There's not much physical exertion. Bowling. Yeah, so like, bowling, like, bro. Yeah. My my point sort of is there's these family resemblances with concepts sometimes without necessary and sufficient conditions, like Wittgenstein said. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like language games. How do you define game? It's too broad. There's just sort of this loose resemblances with a bunch of non-necessary conditions which tie it together. And I think. So in, some language games, so in some language games, chess would be included in us as a sport, yeah, and in others it wouldn't. I think yeah. that's a fair Also, I think these, these terms, because they're so universal, they, they need to have some utility, right? Like, the way we use words, they, they are attached to some sort of usefulness, I right? Th- like, sport, if we, could, if we say, you know, chess is a sport, it's, it's, it's flexible, the, 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 the definition of sport. If it's a you know uh, just for the use of the general population, right? I, I think when I say the word sport to you guys, you immediately you're thinking on the field. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. People but running. I mean that brings us into like um, sports and the the culture around sports. You wouldn't really say you have this lads culture with, with chess, chess, right? Yeah, but that doesn't Which is really interesting. But lad well, culture is not bro, necessarily for school, sports. Really? <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, that's so odd. <laughs> I guess that's just a, a private Come on, Daddy. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> mate, you put him in 30 seconds. Mate, check him free. Rock to A2. <laughs> mate, I won't describe the specifics of the scenario, but um, when I was in the second last year of school, it was like when COVID was going on, and it was so it was like people... And in the year above me, realised only the day before that it would be their last day at school ever. And they were doing a lot of drinking, etc. whilst playing chess, and it was some of the funniest things. That's kind of cool, seen. though. That's yeah, kind of cool. Fun. What do you guys think of um, sports related to anxiety and pressure? 
because that comes in where you'll have this really competitive stuff. I've got a lot to say on that because I sort of quit football for quite a bit because of the anxiety, um, because of the anxiety that I sort of got from sports. So like when I when I did drop down to semi pro, I just felt like a stupid amount of anxiety um, because there were people watching me. Like they, I actually had like a crowd to play up to. I was quite young. I was seventeen, and I don't know. It just felt like there was a lot of pressure you know like from sport you have to perform like i was a goalkeeper as well which is especially mentally taxing um yeah and i don't you know have I all just, the pressure as a you have the pressure from i did your, it for a year and it was it's tough. like your teammates your coaches the people watching you yeah like my dad there i'd also get like extremely anxious i don't know like there's I think very few scenarios as a goalkeeper where you're the savior Either you make a save, which you're supposed well, to do, bro. Like in penalties, maybe in Argentina in the final, like that oh, last yeah. yeah. save. But that's what France. I'm saying. Few, like yeah, in a cup final with it, like bro, a penalty shootout. But bro, keepers are often commended for their performance. To be honest, often, especially in like penalty shootouts and huge competitions. Okay, but then, well, then I guess I'll shift my point to the negative is much stronger than in other positions. Do you think if you're a midfielder and you don't perform really like you should be, it's not like you made that one. Yeah, so it's less likely to be made. You made that one crucial mess up that changed the whole. Maybe game. with Karius and stuff, but if you think about people like Werner, they got so criticised as strikers. Nah, but he had to do that many, many a times. Whereas you can make one mistake. Look at Karius. Yeah, top that's career. true. He had. He didn't play before the Carabao. He never recovered for two years because. Well, yes, he did in Germany. Uh, no, he he hasn't played for two years since. Since since he was at Berlin, yeah. So yeah. Oh, really? Time, yeah. So oh. the last time he played was twenty twenty one. Wow. Before the Carabao Cup final. So he didn't eat. Right. He was just on the bench for like the yeah. entire. Yeah. Didn't play for two years. Entire season. And that's because of like. That's well, one I, don't, I don't know how he went for on Newcastle. Berlin, but um, like one mistake in the Champions League. Well, it was two really, but two in the Champions League final. Two bro, pretty bad mistakes. Two <laughs> bad ones, but like. That's rough. That man. is rough. That is incredibly rough. I mean, that's a break. The, the competitive yeah. nature, to a certain extent, can ruin an enjoyment of sports playing for sports sake. But when the stakes are that well, high, like, that's just like, something you can't avoid. But anyway, the mental strength of like professional athletes, like you've got to commend them. That's incredible. Yeah. Like my mate plays for Fulham, right, and his mental strength is just incredible. Like, like I look at him and I think, mate, to be able to go out on a pitch. He, he's now on loan at Derry City, mm. so. He has like he has a good number of fans watching him, man. To be able to go out on a pitch, perform, be able to deal with all the abuse that you get from these drunk hooligans, like that's very commendable. Yeah, um, yeah on that sort of like abuse aspect in football, like like I was racially abused when I played, um, yeah. which was crazy because I had like people doing monkey like signs to me when I was playing, which was like another reason why I quit football um, for a little bit. And yeah, so but what that led me to do was I then spoke to um, the head or one of the heads of this organization called Kick It Out, which is the number one organization for dealing with discrimination in football. And we had a really good interview. His name's Tejon Hassan. Um, and we had a really good interview talking about sort of discrimination in football because it was at a time when, you know, do you remember when England were playing, who was it? Maybe it was like Montenegro and a bunch of black players so oh, like yeah. they had to walk off the pitch like there, really? there were a lot of incidents remember I think England was playing in Serbia and then a lot of the Serbia fans yeah. were yeah as in it happened like, it happened like three or four times Racial in this year it was, yeah. it was just yeah. crazy and it relates to also homosexuality do you remember basically was it two terms ago when I spoke at the union debate uh, about a ban- uh, boycotting the Qatar World Cup and yeah. there was 
one person who came, Thomas Beattie, and he was one of the first people ever to come out as, as gay in the footballing world. And to speak to him was really interesting. And Adam, you met him as well. Yeah, yeah, he was very interesting. He knew my cousin as well. He was oh, really? A, he was a oh. professional footballer in Singapore. Yeah, right? I'm actually I'm wearing his top right now. <laughs> shout out. Shout, shout out, Shaki. Um, but yeah, no, he, he was really inspiring to talk to. But it really doesn't surprise me that no gay player wants to come out. Because like when you haven't dealt with an issue like racism, like... How are we going to deal with issues of homosexuality? It relates, it relates to in toxic. Football, uh, sorry, not homosexuality, yeah. homophobia. Like, yeah, yeah. There was this uh, football player, I think Justin Fashoni, who um, I think he he sadly ended his life in uh, 1998. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When he after he came out. Yeah. Um, I think Thomas Beattie was the first person after him to yeah. come out, if I'm not mistaken. But it all relates then to that to a certain culture. extent uh, how lad culture can sometimes yeah. be toxic. Uh, it can a lot of the time, but you have to be very careful to yeah. Let's make sure. That yeah, the tribal aspect of things. I think you have, it's it's sort of you're supporting this club, right? And and a lot of the time, the club, like if you look at Burnley, like there's barely any diversity in Burnley. Mm. Like they call them the Brexit team. Like and oh, I, I don't know that. I mean, I don't I don't <laughs> want to pin racism on Burnley fans because I don't think they are like racist. But like, as in, it's it's places like this where you don't get much diversity in the tribal aspect of mm. things. Yeah. When they see a black player from another team. They think, okay, how am I going to get into his head, right? Yeah, and they've already. And it's because they've the, already yeah. othered yeah. the people on that team because they're already your opposition. So, what, how much more of a step is it to use them in this exactly. or that way, Mate, that racially and homophobic way? Like, yeah, they're already your opposition. You, you know, yeah, what I mean? it's so not a stretch to other them. Anyway, yeah. So that was a really good discussion. We brought in different bits of toxic culture, um, different sports, the boundaries of sport, how we understand it, its benefits, etc. Guys, thank you so much. For listening to another low podcast um we're hoping to have some huge episodes in the future we're definitely going to be talking about sports more hopefully getting on a couple guests that we have in the works um to go with that um and i think that's all so thanks for tuning thank in guys and stay safe we're and be awesome loaf you and leave you. <laughs> also uh, be sure to follow us on instagram if you haven't already at, at the, the, the low pod yeah. uh, we're also on spotify now all links in the bio we're really working hard to up the content now and we're trying to take a more serious approach to the podcast Lucas we're really excited mainly Lucas I've become a, yeah. a graphic designer <laughs> he's, he's probably put in most of the work we're putting in work now yeah. it's, it's exciting yeah. So, um, <laughs> Surely, yeah thanks for tuning in to Thank episode you. 6 and uh, Lofa out <laughs>